test, test. I think I'm on here. Yeah, I'm on here. Am I on here, Mike? Am I on here, Neem? Okay, awesome. How many of you out there this morning? Praise God. How many of you had a good week this week? Have a good week. How many of you experiencing what Jesus said was the abundant life? Amen. Uh, the abundant life doesn't guarantee that we won't have some bumps along the way and uh, some rough road, but He does promise to those who love Him and those who know Him, uh, and I love this kind of a promise where He says, all things work together for good to them that love Him. Amen? And, uh, you know, one of the one of the most important things about coming before the uh, the Lord together as a body of Christ this morning. When we come together and we worship the Lord, I want to just kind of let you know something that when when we come into the corporate gathering, and I I know that some may not have ever heard this or even been taught or known this, but uh, there's a scripture in in Acts 15 where James got up before the elders in Jerusalem. There was a there was a, a problem that was in the church at the time, and it was about whether to uh, kind of bring the covenant of circumcision back into the, the new family of believers that were being brought into the kingdom. And the apostles got together, and they were kind of convening on this discussion. And it was it was really in the early days of the church where... Uh, the kingdom was being preached and lives were being transformed. And the one thing that, that has taken place, and we see this in the book of Acts, where people were being transformed by the manifest presence of God. Do you know that the book of Acts is the first book in the Bible where God came to earth through the power of the Holy Spirit and begin to manifest His presence in and through His church and His people. And so when when the people of God would come together in the gathering in early church days in the book of Acts, and it still applies today, what happened? all meet together you're all parts of a body and when we all come together we all function for us to know when we come together we represent just as a, a portion of the the greater body of christ the worldwide body of christ but when we come together as local churches as local church families what jesus intended for us to experience was the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit among us. In other words, we, we, we're not here just for a singing time. We're, we're not here just to sing songs and, 
Just kind of go through a song list. In fact, let me just say this. There's an actual purpose for our worship. Amen? I want you to know what that is. The ultimate purpose for our worship is to prepare us as you begin to sing. Remember what singing does. Uh, Ephesians says, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. It says, be filled with the Spirit. As you are being filled, as you sing the songs, and we hope you're not singing from your head, but we're, we're singing and we're declaring these from our heart. These are love anthems to the one that we love. I mean, what we actually believe. For instance, honey, would you come up here just for a minute? This is my wonderful, beautiful wife, and we just celebrated our 37th year of anniversary. My wife has something to say to you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't bring her up for that reason. But last last week she said it was. 38 when I said it was 37 and I love to let her know tell her why well I forgot that's why but uh, no we celebrated 37 years of marriage but you know one of the one of the most powerful things about relationship is that when we begin to live intentionally and we share our love intentionally Carol doesn't know I love her just because I said I do 37 years ago. We have to cultivate that relationship. We have to communicate that. And uh, when we come together as a body, do you know that the bridegroom, the, the Bible says that the prophecy is the voice of the bridegroom speaking to its bride. So when we come together as a bride, you know what we're doing? We're preparing our hearts. When we sing, that's why it's so important. We realize that this is not a concert. This is not just coming to watch the band play on stage. When we come together, we're coming together as a body. We're coming together as members in particular. We're coming together as individuals who represent, that make up, the greater body of Christ. And when we begin to unite our faith and we unite our voice and we unite our affection in one accord towards Him. There's something about coming together. How many of you know Psalms 133 where it says that the blessing and the anointing abides upon those who dwell together in unity? When there's a unity among the body and we begin to sing together and we're not, we're not spastic, we're not dysfunctional, we're not crippled, we're not, we're not just here with, with some of us entering in and some of us sitting down, some of us not singing. No, we're a body. How many of you are glad you got your whole body with you this morning? I don't know about you, but sometimes parts of my body don't seem to work. You know, I mean, so I, I, I discovered this past week, for instance, I went out and redug in the new mailbox for our church. I had to relocate our mailbox, and I discovered that my brain moves faster than my body now. And uh, I, I've discovered that just because I intend to do something, there's parts of my body that v- today is paying for it. Uh, like my neck and my shoulders, I was I was taking the post hole digger and digging a huge hole, and and as I was 
I, I, after doing that for about five minutes, I had to come home and ask my beloved to bless my body with a massage. And she did. She gave me an amazing back rub and neck rub. And she anointed me. Oh, and I was blessed beyond measure. Thank God for a wife like that. But, but you know, here, here's the thing. The body communicates. And the body communicates to the bridegroom. And when we come together, I, I know a lot of people have been raised in churches where we think that prayer and worship, it's, it's, it's a private, it's, it's a private thing. It's, it's not public. We, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like to sing out loud and worship God. That, that's just not my style. Well, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you come to understand that the church is not just about you, but you're part of something much greater. And then when I come together and I begin to offer my body as a living sacrifice and and I put my affection and my attention on my bridegroom. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit is poured out in that local church. And the Holy Spirit begins to manifest Himself in healing someone here. And giving wisdom to someone over here. And breaking the powers of darkness over there. And bringing salvation over here. And giving a word of knowledge over here. And all of a sudden, the body just begins to heal and restore itself. And and it's all because of this communication between the bride and the bridegroom. When when we come together, there's there's a a love affair going on. Our worship service is a love affair. Amen. Amen. How many of you like being in love? The rest of you need prayer, because you know. Everybody was created to be in love. You were created, you were fashioned in the image of God, and you were created for relationship. You were created to experience what it is for the Father to love you. You see, I, I can come... And I, I want to tell you something. There, there was times where my wife and I in our marriage, especially our first two years of our marriage, we had a real bumpy road. And, and we were going through some changes. And uh, I thought I knew what love was. I thought I knew what relationship involved. I was raised in the church. I went to conferences, been taught about marriage as a single man. But when I finally got married to my wife, You know, marriage has a way of bringing things to the surface that you never thought you saw there before. In fact, relationships have a way of bringing things out of you that you never see because relationships do bring out the best and it also brings out the things that you don't see. Now, I really thought I had my act together when I married Carol. I thought she was the one who needed all the help. Now, I really kind of thought, you know, she, she needs to get her act. I know the Bible and I know the word. And when I got together with her and, and uh, she did not want to submit, she didn't want to work with me. And one day she said, you know, Ray, uh, uh, I know you know the word of God, but I, I don't want to follow you. I don't want to work with you. You're, uh, you're impossible. I said, how dare you think like that? Don't you know who you married? And I, I just, I, I didn't realize that she, now, now, you know, it's amazing when, 
it's amazing when people are married, it, the tendency is it, because we, we, we really don't know the depths of the brokenness and the selfishness and the self-centeredness. We really don't know. We really think we're pretty together. But when, when I got around her, I, I, and it wasn't that she was trying to accuse me. She wasn't. It's just that me being around her because she really was a humble woman. She had a, had a grace about her, but it, 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 it made me see my selfishness. It made me see my arrogance that I didn't know I had. And you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to push her away. I don't want to be around her. Because when I'm around her and around her love and her grace and there's humility in Carol, and I, it, it made me think, you know, I, I, don't want to be, I don't want to be around you. I want to run from you. I want to be around my selfish crowd. I'd rather be around people that are like me. I, 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 you know, I, now, I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. And so when Carol would try to be kind and show kindness, and she actually would say things that would speak faith into my life. And I, I, didn't, I didn't want to believe her. I didn't want to believe it. But when she would begin to say faith and when she began to say things in my life, I began to draw back. Uh, our intimacy was affected, our relationship, our communication. I feel threatened. I felt threatened. Not, not because she did anything, but I, I was believing lies. I was believing lies because I was a broken man. A broken man in a Christian home, raised in a Christian home, but broken. I was broken. And not only that, I had a lot of pride, a lot of arrogance, and I didn't realize the depths of the selfishness that I had. Now, here's the beautiful thing about God, is that I come to realize that God knew all about that before I discovered that. And here's the big kicker. He loved me in spite of me. And then the Lord showed that to my wife, and she loved me in spite of me. And that became very difficult. You know, that, that's when people today say, you know what, I need another spouse. I need another church. I need to go somewhere else. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm out of here. And so we, we start making decisions, foolish decisions, because we don't even realize that the Holy Spirit has orchestrated our steps. And He allows us to come into... Uh, come into relationships with different people along the journey in our life, not realizing that God's using them really to help heal us. I want to even tell you this, that God will even use people that may not even be spiritual, may not even be healthy. God can use them to even bring some healing in your life. Uh, I I shared this with the men's breakfast yesterday how I had serious problems with my own dad. I had serious problems with my father. My father wasn't a communicator. He did not know how to express love. And so I was bitter against him. And I, I, one day I ripped into him, and I was nose to nose, and I remember telling my dad, Hit me! Go ahead, hit me! That's what you really want to do anyway. And I, I remember my dad was, he was angry and I was angry. And I remember leaving the house. And I came back, went to bed about midnight. And then I 
remember talking to my pastor the following week, and my pastor said, Ray, even though you may feel you were right, you still dishonored your father. You were wrong. And I said, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Oh, I was defending. By the way, it's amazing when your pastor crosses you how we all of a sudden get a word to leave the church at that time. And I just, maybe it's time to leave. And I'll tell you, there was that still small voice says, no, if you run, you've got to go around this mountain all over again at a different place with a different face, but you'll have to go around it again. And so I, I said, okay, God, I'll stay. And I said, well, Brother Dick, what do I need to do? He says, I want you to forgive your dad. Forgive him. He's the father. He's the one who needs to be straightened and is act up and becoming the leader and the communicator. I was so upset. And I remember going back to my dad and asking him to forgive me. And I remember sitting at the kitchen table. My dad ran off into the bathroom. I, I said, Dad, I need to tell you something. It was hard for me. I, by the way, I didn't have any emotion. There was no feeling. There was no faith in the moment at all. I had no revelation, no open heavens. There was no angel standing around and anointing me with oil. I was sit, standing there and said, Dad, I need to talk to you. This is what he about. And he says, well, can we sit down? So we both sat down. And I said, I need to ask for you to forgive. As soon as I said, forgive he jetted out of there and ran into the bathroom and started crying. And I ran into the bath I ran to the bathroom door. I couldn't figure out why you're running. And I heard him sobbing in the restroom. Because see, my own dad, I realized at that point my own father had never received grace from his father. And there was, and right there, the Lord broke a generational curse. God broke a curse that was on our family. And I believe it was broken in me, and it did not continue into my sons. And it all started because of forgiveness and because of grace. There was no, by the way, like I said, there was no angels singing, no band was playing. But a simple step of faith in releasing those who offended me and God began to make me whole and help me to understand what it is to walk in the love of God. That's where my healing started. Now, later I got married to my wife and the Lord began to reveal more things. And so it's been a journey. It's an ongoing journey. Amen. Can you say amen? Life is a, God wants to reveal, but I, I want to tell you, don't don't leave me yet here. Don't leave me yet. Well, I, I I'm having you stand up here for a reason. I want you to know that Jesus loves you as His bride. He loves you. You know, God just didn't put a, a man and a woman together. When, when, when God said to Adam in the Garden of Eden, he, he says, it's not good for a man to be alone. So I will give him help. It's, it's, it's not because Adam needed somebody to help him name the animals. That wasn't the reason. Or, you know, just kind of take care of the trees out there in the garden. 
Now, God made Adam, even though he's made in the image of God, Adam did not have omniscience. He, he's not all-powerful. But God created Adam with the capacity for relationship. And he knew that in order for us to grow and be healthy, we need each other. We need each other. We need our spouses. We need one another in the body of Christ. Today, we are, we are such a broken society. The door divorce, the people, when they have a problem, they divorce, they leave their job, they leave the church, they run, they leave relationships. We try to start all over in going in different, different uh, directions. That was not God's plan. God's plan was not for you to run. God's plan is for you to turn to Him and to trust Him and to allow the Holy Spirit to work things in your life. Can you say amen? You see, we have a problem with intimacy. We have a problem with coming close. And, and Thanks, honey. That's, that's enough for my wife here. Praise God. I know I'm... I just love this woman. She's, you know what she is? She is rain, like refreshing. She, my wife is just like rain, and she's sunshine. Her name means song of joy, and that's exactly what Carol is. But, but you know, I, I, just, I, I just feel the Lord wants to wrap his arms around you this morning as we were worshiping the Lord. I really just sense that. I just sense the Lord wants to wrap His arms around you. I, some of you need to hear a word like this. You need, you need to hear that everything's all right. Some of you need to know that your Heavenly Father has been waiting for you to come home like the prodigal. You've been away from Him for a long time. Some of you haven't prayed. The Lord actually showed me this, that some of you, your prayer life, you haven't had prayer life in months. You pray for dinner, and you pray when you're in trouble, but you don't have a relationship with the Lord. He, he, I don't say this, and He doesn't say this to condemn you. But do you know He longs to meet with you more than you, you want to meet with Him? And And... I love the story of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. She was an angry, bitter, religious woman. And all she was concerned about was her little bucket. Her little bucket and getting water in her little bucket. And all the while, while Jesus was talking to her, standing there in front of her, letting her know about the living water, all she's asking Jesus, are you... You don't have a bucket for the well under the water. And all, and all the while, she doesn't even recognize that the one who is the fountain of living water is standing right in front of her, and all she's worried about is her bucket. Do, do you know a lot of us today, we have buckets? We have buckets, and we're worried. It's, we have financial buckets we have family buckets and we have job buckets and we're worried about the size of our bucket and how big our bucket is. Some of us have busted buckets and we're so worried. And yet Jesus is trying to get us to 
get our eyes off our buckets and to begin to open our eyes to realize that the fountain of living water is standing right in front of us. And all she was concerned about was, you don't have a bucket. And we get so focused on the bucket. We get so focused on the things that don't matter. And yet her bucket was empty. And Jesus is focusing on her thirst. He's focusing on the need in her life. And then she still doesn't get it. Isn't it amazing how God never gives up on you when you still don't get it? Then he asks a question that throws her for a loop when he says, go get your husband. What does that have to do with living water? Nothing. But what it did was it exposed the thing that she was ashamed of. Exposed the lie that she was running from. And listen to you. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit will often put His finger on something in your life that you're covering up, something in your life that you are not dealing with because it's that very thing that will keep you from coming to Him and drinking. And when Jesus exposed it, it was not to shame her, but it was to let her know that I know everything you've walked through. I know about your five husbands, and I know about the one you're living with right now is not your husband. I know about your sin, but the reason I want you to know about it is in spite of where you've been and what you've done, I still have something to give you. I still want you to know that I can give you the kind of life that will transform your heart, and I want you to know I care about you. That's an amazing Savior. It's through His goodness. It's through His love and His willingness. I want you to put your hands on your heart this morning. Because I I, I really sense that the Lord has designed and His desire is to take us higher. I, I believe the Lord wants to release some of us from fear, the spirit of fear. Some of us have also have have carried some baggage in our life. You've you've just learned to listen to the enemy and you've allowed lies to separate you from God's promises. And this morning, the Lord wants to break those strongholds. I want to make an announcement. It's not a big revelation, but God is really for you and not against you. It's really for you. Some, I, I just sent someone yesterday. Someone really fell on their face yesterday. Just the Lord just showed me. Somebody, you, you just really kind of put your foot in a mud hole yesterday. And you really kind of stepped out on your own. And just something just kind of fell apart. You're kind of ashamed. No one else knows about it. But I'm here to tell you right now, the Lord saw it. He's already covered and forgiven you. And now He wants you to forgive yourself. He wants you to rise up and continue to follow the Lord. He wants you to forget those things which are behind. How many of you know you can't reach for anything ahead until you learn to let go of the things of the past? I learn to let go. 
got to learn to release that. Jesus said, I come to bind up the brokenhearted. Father, we pray right now that You'd bind up the brokenhearted. You would heal us. You'd restore us. You'd make us whole. And everyone said, Amen. One Scripture, and then I'm going to close. Turn, turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. I'm almost done here. Just wanted to share that because I felt the Holy Spirit is saying that when, when we come together as a body, that we have a Heavenly Father that is so excited, He's elated, He's elated with you. He is so excited about you. Amen. Turn to someone and say, your Heavenly Father is excited about you. He's excited, He's elated. In fact, amen, he's, he's just pumped God, our Heavenly Father. And you know what? You, you actually bring joy to Him. You bring joy to Him this morning. We have a Father who's not mad at us anymore. He's not angry at us this morning. He loves us. I want you to see something. The Apostle Paul, here, here's an amazing revelation by a man who was transformed by the power of God's love. This, this man, Apostle Paul, remember, he, was a, he put people in prison, had them killed and stoned, brought them before councils. And yet the Lord gives the Apostle the revelation of the love of God. And this is what he says to the church at Philippi. He says this, chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore, if, if there's any consolation in Christ, if, any comfort of love, if there's going to be any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy. In other words, what he's saying is the love of God, the love of God flowing, fellowship and intimacy and relationship comes with an if. Amen? He said if. If you're going to experience the comfort, if you're going to experience consolation and Affection and mercy. If! Everyone say if. He, Paul said it. If! If these things are going to happen. Basically, let me, t- let me give you two myths about, God, about love first. Just love. Two myths about love that our culture has embraced that is wrong. First of all, there's no such thing as falling in love. No one falls into love. Love is a fruit you have to cultivate love. No one fall you fall into lust, you fall into infatuation, but you cannot fall into love. Well, pastor, everybody says I fell in love. No, there's no such thing as falling in love. You can't fall into it. It doesn't happen by accident. Love is always intentional. Everyone say intentional. Love doesn't happen. When people just say, oh, Barry Manilow sang a song years ago, the feeling's gone and I just can't get it back. I love Barry Manilow. I love his voice. That guy's a powerful singer. But man, he sings songs that are so out, scripturally off the wall, unbelievable. Beautiful singer, though, I'll tell you that. Give him that. You, You can't fall into love. The second thing about love is love is not free. 
Love. There's a price you pay for love. When Jesus loved us so much, he had to pay a price to let us know how much he loved. Love is not free. Back in the 60s when the hippies were around, they always talked about free love. Love's not free. And anybody who says love is free, no, they're, what they're doing is they're trying to use you. Love is not free. never has been free. So love, you can't fall into love, and love is not free. It's very costly. It'll cost you everything. When I tell young people that are getting married, pre-marriage counseling, one of the things I'm ask, I will ask them this in pre-marriage counseling. Are you ready to die? What do you mean? What do you mean die? Are, are you ready to die? No, we're ready to get married. Well, are you ready to die? No, we're not ready to die. We're getting married. I know that. Remember what Jesus said, John 15, No greater love than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. See, love, there, there, there is a threshold. There, there's, there's this willingness and that's one thing I realized when I, 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 I've said this to my wife, so it's no shock, and I'm saying it to you. But when I said I do with my wife on my wedding day, I said I loved her, but I did not know what I was saying because I did not love Carol. When I married my wife on my wedding day, I did not love her. I thought I did, but I didn't. I didn't have the capacity to love her. Because I was a broken man. I did not understand what love was. I knew it understand I understood it conceptually, but I was a broken man. And it wasn't until I got whole and allowed the Holy Spirit to restore me did I have the capacity to actually become a healthy relationship. I had to confront that. I did not love my wife. It wasn't her problem, it was my problem. By the way, if you want to experience the love of God. You have to start with you. You have to confront your own brokenness, your own ignorance, and your own lack of understanding. You have to do that. Anytime, how many of you know that perfect love starts with God? Another question, another statement I'll tell young people in pre-marriage counseling. I'll, I'll always do this. Do you love each other? Oh, yeah, we love each other. Where is God in the picture? Oh, well, well, well we're going to go to church when we have to and need to. No, 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 I didn't ask you about church. Where is God in the picture? Well, why, why are you asking where God's in the picture for? Because God is love. And if God's not in the picture, you have no ability to really move into the love aspect. Because God is the source of love. And if God's not in it, guess what? You're on your own. You're doing it out of your own strength. And how many of you know, we don't do very well on our own. We peter out. That's why I will always ask people in premarriage counseling, is God in the picture? 
Well, we go to church. No, I didn't ask you for going to church. Is God the source of your life? Because if he's not the source, guess what? You're going to face some battles, some bumps. You're going to go some stuff that's going to stretch you beyond measure. You're going to say, we're crazy. We're out of here. This is not working. And you're going to need a lot of love. And it's got to start with him. So that, that, that's, that's just paramount. It's foundational. It's important. It's key. And if that's not there... And that's why the Apostle Paul inserts the word if in Philippians. If these things are going to happen, God's got to be in the picture. Can you say amen? amen? Really important here. Now notice what he says. Fulfill my joy. I want you to become like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through a selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, esteeming others better than themselves. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you. I should have put your hand on your forehead. I'm going to pray this morning that God will renew our minds. Do you know that understanding and receiving the love of God and being able to love one another starts with a healthy soul? I need my soul, my mind to be renewed. There's a lot of wrong thinking. My mind is filled with memories. My mind is filled with attitudes. My mind can be filled with lies and strongholds. And so, Father, right now, I lay my hand on my mind. And, Lord, give me the mind of Christ. Give me, Lord, the mind to think thoughts that are in agreement with You, Lord. Give me the mind... To be able to lay down my selfish ambitions and to take up the cross, follow you. Give me a mind to serve my brother, my sister, my spouse. Lord, give me a mind that understands what it is to serve. And to realize that the true blessing and favor of God in my life comes as I learn to serve one another rather than just become a taker. Lord, I don't want to be a taker. I want to become a giver. Instead of just being selfish, I want to be a blessing. Lord, help me to have the mind of Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now I want you to declare this with me. Would you declare something with me? Declare this with me. I have the mind of Christ. I can do all things through Christ. I can love Jesus. I can love myself. I can love one another. I can even love my enemies. And I will forgive my enemies. Because my Heavenly Father has forgiven me. And I will love as He loves. 
we love Him because He first loved us. And perfect love casts out all fear. Amen. Can you say amen? Praise God. You have been given the mind of Christ. You're going to have a mind that is going to see the positive instead of the negative. You're going to start empowering people instead of taking them down or tearing them apart. You're going to speak faith to people. You're going to speak faith over yourself and over your children. You're a prophetic, awesome man and woman of God. You have an amazing marriage that's an example and a powerful light for other people because you have the mind of Christ. I, I, I want to just say something. Uh, I so appreciate uh, Brother James and Claire. They, they wrote a book here recently about the family. I, I, I read a couple chapters, and I just I want to commend James and Claire for putting this book together on the family relationships not just practical, but powerful, anointed. But the thing that's to me, and I said this in the men's breakfast yesterday, there's a lot of books out there on relationships and marriage. But it's, it's more powerful to me when you know someone and you see the fruit that's going on in their family and their children. And, and I just I see that working in their life. And so when, when I read a book like that, I know it's been working. That they, they understand the importance that love, love is a fruit. By the way, folks, love is not a feeling, it's not emotion, it's fruit. You cultivate it, you sow it. When, when, if I need love, I need to have a lot of good seed. I need seed to sow. And so this is a lot of good seed you can read and you can sow it in your life and cultivate that. You water it, and let the Holy Spirit water You're going to see some good coming up. By the way, there's a lot of awesome families in this house. God's touched and blessed and you're tremendous examples. I am so proud of you. So proud of this house. Proud of you as a church family. God has some amazing things that's coming into this house and what he's doing. Amen? Amen. Praise God. God is good. We're on the series of the love of God. Amen. Guess what? We're going to be shining more. And Amen. We're going to be loving more. And God's going to just allow us to touch people that don't have a lot of love. A lot of broken people are going to come through our doors. And you know what? We're going to let them experience the love of God. And that love's going to be full of hope and faith and promise. Amen? We're going to serve them. They may not be like we like. Well, they may not think like we think. But we're going to love them anyway. Amen? We're going to say there's hope. We love you. It doesn't matter what their hair color is or the way they're dressed. And they may kind of look shabby and they may not be your type. But you know what? We're not looking on the outward appearance. We're looking at the heart like Jesus does. Amen? Let's stand together this morning. Amen. How many of you love God this morning? Isn't He awesome? I want you to take each other by the hand. And we're going to pray one for another. Honey, would you come up with me? Okay. I want to pray over you. And I want you to pray, as, as I'm praying, leading in prayer, I want you to pray for your neighbor, whether it's your spouse, or your child, or your friend, maybe just 
holding on to visitors. Pray for them. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, as you pray for them, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit that they would have a revelation of the Father in their life, how the Father has shown patience over them. We have a Father who's very patient with us. Show us long severance. I want you to pray that God will open their life and give them opportunities for God's love to be expressed in their lives. And as I pray, you pray with me. Would you agree with me? Father, we pray for our family, our, our friends, brothers and sisters, our children. We, we just, as we hold hands, we pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will just open the heavens upon my friend here. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you would reveal everything you need to reveal. And Lord, ex- just bring an expansion, an increase of your grace. That they would come to see that, Lord, you are there in every area of their life. That there, there, there's no relationship or there's no problem, no stronghold. There's, there's no wall that's so high, the Lord, that you cannot remove and bring healing and restoration. Lord, let us all be peacemakers and bridge builders this morning. With each other. And Father, let us, give us boldness to come boldly to the throne of grace in the time of need. I I pray for holy boldness on my brother and my sister. Let boldness come upon them. Let them see the beauty that Jesus, you have revealed in them and through them. Let them see the beauty of who they are and, and the masterpiece that they are in your eyes. Lord, you don't make junk. You don't make garbage. You make all things beautiful. And you've given us beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. <laughs> Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for my brother and my sister. We thank you for the great grace and the beauty that you have displayed and you've poured into them. Lord, help them. Help us, Lord, to just reflect that beauty and, and, and allow that beauty just to come out of our lives, whether it's in our employment, our jobs, our community, our school. Lord, let that love come out of us. Help us to become intentional with that love. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. amen. David, why don't you come? David, David's going to say a few things here and there. Amen. All right, well, God is good. We would just want to open up if you guys want any prayer for anything this morning. Uh, some of you guys probably, maybe you're looking for a job or you need some, maybe there's something you have been walking through and you just say, you know what, I really need someone to walk through this yes. with me. Because I've been trying it for the last few weeks, maybe a few months. I, I, I just feel like there's someone who, uh, who, who needs some people to walk through some stuff with you. If you need prayer in those areas, we just want to open up. Or if you have any healing in your body, any, yeah, there's healing in your body. You just needed to come out. <laughs> you would come to the front and we're going to bleed with you. And I, I re- just test it out. Test it out. Right now, some of you, as I'm talking, the Holy Spirit might be... He, there, there's a slight connect of what something has been said, and we just want to agree with you and just see what God's going to do. Let's just, let's just give God an opportunity to bring us into a new way of thinking. Amen?
You guys be blessed. We love you this morning. And uh, we'll we'll, uh, see you guys soon, home groups tonight. Come forward if you want any prayer.